Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. This is Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. I am Michael J. Sutton. This is week 11, part 4. The theme for this week is Mass Formation Psychosis and Religious Conceit. The topic for today is What is the obstacle between you and God? Why did Jesus come into the world? Many Christians say that they believe Jesus came into the world to restore a lost relationship with God. In other words, the gospel, the good news about God, is that God has provided his way to bridge a gap between people and God, and that gap is sin. Jesus died for us on the cross and became sin for us, taking on himself all the sin of the world. As a result, All who trust or believe in Christ as the Saviour, sent by the Father, have eternal life. That is certainly what the New Testament teaches. The righteousness of God is appropriated by faith, and in God's eyes, through the death of Christ, we are seen as righteous. The Church, however, has betrayed the deposit it should have guarded. What is the obstacle between you and God? The good news that there is hope found in Jesus Christ, and it should be good news. But like many things, money and power get in the way. The Church has done its best over the years to obscure, undermine, remove, condemn, mock, destroy, and mistranslate the Gospel of God. Instead of the purity and wonder and simplicity of the Gospel, we have a putrid quagmire of filth in the Church, run by a cadre of corrupt men and women in love with power and money, a culture of factions and divisions, a language of bigotry and hatred, and doctrines of shame and guilt, which people are forced to drink in rituals and ceremonies designed to keep God distant and the Bible closed. Christ removes obstacles and brings freedom. Jesus places no obstacle between you and God. The Church does that. In addition, Jesus came to remove the barrier of sin so we could know God, and he did that by his death on the cross. Therefore, there is now freedom for us to know God. Jesus does not, and the Gospel writers do not place any obstacle between you, your life, and the possibility of knowing God. The Church does that. The barriers they put in front of you the rules they expect you to obey, the navel-gazing and introspection they expect you to engage in, the restrictions they place upon you, and the lists of the unredeemable they read out to you. Becoming a Christian or being accepted by God is like an obstacle course made by the church with lots of hidden traps and holes one can fall into. Few make it through. The church follows their masters, Um, and the Pharisees, and their master, the devil. Jesus said of them what could easily be said of many in the church today, in Matthew 23, verses 13 to 15. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, 
you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Christian fascists have all kinds of excuses to shut down the gospel for the sake of social and cultural change. They are not interested in the good news of new life in Christ, a new start, a new beginning, the idea that no one is beyond the grace and mercy of God. They're not interested in that news. They want to force the behavior of people to conform to a church that has lost sight of the grace and mercy of God found in Christ. What is the obstacle between you and God? Christian fascism. And what do they do? They have a desire to turn the good news into daily news. That is where you can always tell the Christian fascist they have the desire to turn the good news into the daily news. One of the future series of Freedom Matters today will, in part, look at the life of one of the great Christian fascists, a man by the name of Billy Sunday. Most of you probably don't know Billy, which is a blessing. I will contrast Billy Sunday with the great gospel evangelist, whom you probably know, Billy Graham. Billy Sunday preached the end of alcohol, mixed in with a little bit of Jesus for good measure, and a few vile beliefs I will not utter here. Billy Graham began to preach against communism and was supported by some large philanthropists, but he got bored of that message and decided to preach the gospel instead. When I returned home after many years abroad, I thought that the gospel would be alive and well. But I was wrong. The gospel that I had grown up with in my Christian assemblies and my Christian circles had long since been given up and the church was obsessed with new things such as sex, marriage and feminism. Like all good Christian fascism, everything had the veneer of faith but the heart of it was this profound anti-feminism and they preached that women had to submit to their husbands and this doctrine took place took uh, took place away from the gospel and took the gospel away and put it in its place. For many Christians even today, Sunday is when you get dressed in your best clothes and go to church, which is the great act of identifying with Christianity. In Australia, we have not really seen that attitude, at least not in my lifetime, but when I was abroad in other places in the West, I was astounded that people still had that attitude. One wears one's best on Sunday. And I turned up to one church in T-shirt, shorts and sandals, and they were absolutely astonished. And they judged me and they said, you do not wear those things to church on Sunday. You have to wear your best. People so identified church attendance as being synonymous with Christian identity that they forget that attending a church service tells us nothing about a person's relationship with God. If I enter a garage, that does not make me a car. So why would simply entering a building on Sunday every week make me a Christian? These days, the culture war that began in America is in full swing and it's come to Australia New Zealand and Canada, and other parts of the world. We live in an era of pretend morality, public morality, but selective morality. 
oh, how self-righteous we have all become, how perfect we are, and how sinful others are, who do not live up to the standards of perfection we demand of them, but never follow ourselves. What is the obstacle between you and God? The culture war, which takes attention away from the only war that matters, the war against sin and death. I'll tell you how that turned out. Jesus won. Christians get led astray by every whim and wisdom of the sages of our age, who are the media, and their political operatives. These days it's all about gender, sex and identity. The identity of a Christian is not in his or her uh, heterosexual identity. It is not that he or she is married or unmarried. It is not that he or she is gay or transgender or not. The identity of a Christian is in Christ. There is a lifetime of pondering and thought wrapped up in those words. The identity of every Christian is in Christ. But no, we, we're not interested in that. Let's protest everything under the sun. We walk under a dozen banners, but we do not walk one day behind Jesus We support endless petitions but never write our name under the scriptures and say, Here we stand in the grace and mercy of God, available for all. A gutless and cowardly generation, rent asunder by partisan politics and sectarian hatreds. You only have to see what happened to America in the last few years. The height to which sectarian hatreds has grown. And you still say the West will prevail. Beyond slaughtering tens of millions in war, sowing a century of vendetta, I do not see a clear foundation for the future of the gospel in the West. In other words, Jesus is seen like a jack-in-the-box. Whenever we need him, we press the button and out he pops. All that Jesus has to say is boil down to our petty cultural debates and identity. Who knows what debates we will be thinking about tomorrow. We are only interested in Jesus if he is useful to our culture wars and our desire to control politics and the electoral cycle. Fascist Christians in the world agree that the answer is public morality. It is all about what we do. What is the obstacle between you and God? The obstacle to knowing God is always something that can be intrinsically measured and something we do. It has nothing to do with with God or the gospel. For God, the most important thing to do is accept that he sent the Son into the world to be the saviour of the world. John says instead that in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The most important thing about the advent of Christ, the arrival of Jesus into the world, is that he came at all. Because in his arrival we see the reason for his arrival and that he is here to deal with the darkness of the world and destroy it. For God it is about what he did, and what we do changes nothing. Building a kingdom on earth is an illusion. It will end in dust. I've told you to go to a museum before. I will tell you to go to one again. It is astounding when you go to museums, particularly good ones, particularly the ones that look at ancient civilizations. They all thought, as we did, and we do, they all thought that their civilization would last forever, that their power would remain, that their society would prevail. 
Some of them we can still visit in ruins around the world, but some of them vanished entirely and are being dug up in the desert sands. Building a kingdom on earth is an illusion. It will end in dust. The culture war is but an echo of the religious state. The secular culture war is simply a pale reflection of the religious wars of the past when the church held the sword. Thank God they do not hold the sword again. But I do warn you, there are many in the church who want that sword again, and there's nothing they will not do to get it. Every generation has its holiness crusade, its loyalty tests, its pogroms to persecute the undesirable. It is one of the tragedies of this cycle of life. There has never been a time in history when people simply sat back, loved each other and got on with life. But these culture wars and these religious wars and these pogroms and holiness crusades are a distraction from the good news of Jesus Christ, an obstacle to personal freedom from fear sin and death, guilt and shame. They are to take our mind away from what is essential. Jesus said in another gospel that where your treasure is, that is where your heart is also. In these holiness crusades, the mind is refocused onto something that is not central to our life or our relationship with God. We live in an era of mass formation psychosis. As I've mentioned before in this series, mass formation psychosis is the media's response to a academic concept invented by, uh, authored by Matthias Desmet, who was a, I believe, a, a professor in one of the European universities. I listened to some of his podcasts. I have not read his books, but the media responded to his declaration of mass formation, which is in effect a kind of propaganda. It's another way of talking about propaganda or mass indoctrination or mass delusion. But when Matthias Desmond spoke about it, the media en masse said there was no such thing as propaganda. This was a few months ago and mass formation psychosis doesn't exist and we've never lived in a world of indoctrination and there's no such thing as propaganda. And that itself was completely bizarre. Of course we do. Democracy cannot thrive or even survive without sustained government propaganda. In a society like a democracy or a country pretending to be a democracy, the cultural gels and social norms are the things that hold society together. It is not the force of law, even though we do have a highly competent and successfully run and effective police system and legal system. We do not rule by brute force, unlike authoritarian regimes. Dem democratic societies must rule by propaganda. And propaganda is part of everyday life. So to say that we don't live in an era of propaganda and that propaganda does not exist is a complete lie. We live in an era of mass formation psychosis. This is the idea of indoctrinating the population by fixating their attention exclusively on one thing or another, day in, day out, week in, week out, which is a form of social and political abuse. And we saw that with COVID, the obsession of covid Hysteria the, during the pandemic, the fear that that engendered and saying that if you get vaccinated, you won't get COVID, you won't die from COVID, and now the population is vaccinated and people still continue to die from COVID, people still continue to contract COVID and transmit COVID, but governments have moved on. That's what happens. Any failure 
in this political system, this form of social and political abuse, does not lay at our feet but lays at the feet of those in power because we appointed them to rule in our stead. The obscenities that have transpired from their mouths the last two years, their policies and practices, the condemning of ordinary people to cover up their mistakes as a betrayal of democracy and humanity, and in my view indicative that the system of democracy is falling. It lasted a century, no longer. Democracy was but a flutter in the heart of civilization. The main heartbeat has been authoritarian, and most history has been the story of the rise and fall of dictators. Most people will happily support the demise of democracy, and in fact they will not notice it's even gone. They're too busy with other things. But as I've said before, as far as Christians are concerned, we're not interested in politics. We're not interested in the culture war. We are not interested in the, the life and the heart of Christian fascism. We must beware of mixing our nation with the Bible. It will not end well. It never does. America is not the light on the hill. The gospel is. America is America. It is a nation. America is not God's nation. The people of God are the people of God, and they come from all nations. The Bible doesn't even mention America. Maybe it does in Revelation. Who knows what will happen? But we should put our trust in God, not in the state, and not in a nation that falsely claims to follow God. History has shown that empires fall and come to nothing. Constantinople, Rome... Greece, Assyria, Babylon, the Ottoman Empire, the British Empire, the German Empire, the list goes on. The world quaked in their presence, and now the desert sands consume their memories. It is possible Babylon will fall. The system we have now is unsustainable. The language of today is constant crises and rapid succession. Their job is to sow fear distrust and instability. Your heart, mind and soul are not the property of the state, nor the playground for politicians and bureaucrats. Your mind is a precious place, so is the heart and the soul. What these fraudsters have not told you is that their instability will never end. Covid was just the beginning. Now it's the war in Ukraine. Then it will be climate change, censorship, more wars, more crises and so on. You will go insane if you have not already. And that's the goal. The goal is to keep you afraid, to make you fearful, and to force you to a life of constant anxiety. What is the obstacle between you and God? The obstacle of churches that prevent you from knowing God in Christ and turning you away from the cross. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can read this podcast as a blog if you turn to freedommatterstoday.com and you can also find there all the previous editions and episodes of Freedom from Fascism. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Freedom Matters Today.